This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here. Thank you for being here, joining me on our alpaca journey. Whatever the time of year, or whatever the weather is doing, there's always something to be done on the farm with the alpacas. Of course, even when there's nothing specific, you have to stand and watch them for a while. It does the soul good. At least that's been my experience. And my excuse. As the weather warms here in the UK, the alpacas are looking at me like they know shearing time is around the corner. So, I have a question for you. If you're in that position too, what do you plan to do with all of the harvested fleece? Or even better, what are you actually going to do with it? It's my great pleasure to welcome my wife, Sue Hetherington, onto the podcast for this episode. She went off to Mid Wales in search of some answers. Here she is. Hi, Sue, and welcome. Hi. Get over 6,000 people together who have a passion for wool and natural fibre. Add 200 beautiful displays of craft, multiple workshops and lots of opportunities to buy products. And you'll get a real buzz of excitement, as well as bags full of goodies. This is what happened at Wonderwool, the Festival of Welsh Wool and Natural Fibres, in the cavernous barns at the Royal Welsh Showground in both Wells over the weekend. I haven't been for several years, so I was keen to see whether alpacas and alpaca fibre were more visible, and also to hear from owners and producers about their experience of what the fibre and craft-loving public are interested in today. I was really encouraged to see both more alpaca folk taking their fleece and products to the show, and to see how alpaca yarn and fibre is becoming much more mainstream. Alpacas are no longer the rarity, and knitters, weavers and felters are far more likely to know what they are and recognise their quality, and to know the difference between llamas and alpacas. I spent time with three of the alpaca producers to learn more about their experiences of taking fibre to the craft market and the kinds of things that people are looking for. First off, with Bridget Tibbs from Cotswold Alpacas. We've never met before. No, we haven't. We I, haven't. <laughs> I just pitched up at Wonderwall and I've walked into this. It feels like a treasure trove in here. Um, you've got some beautiful crocheted products. You've got some little kits. You've got some lovely yarns. And you've got some wraps. Um, but the lighting and stuff is beautiful. I guess, I guess people are wandering in and enjoying what they're seeing. I hope so. I think people are drawn in by the colours and, yeah, just sort of quirky. And I hope it's a bit Aladdin's cave oh. That's That's what we'd like it to be, a bit of a treasure trove of all things alpaca. Well, all things alpaca, that's, that's really the thing that excites us. So let's start from the top. <laughs> and you are Cotswold Alpacas, breeding better colours breeding better colours we breed grey and grey is tricky so um, basically because we're trying to breed grey we end up with all sorts so our colours 
color is everything and obviously fleece quality yes. um, and yeah we think they're better colors <laughs> we'll so, stick to that so what really interesting I, I'd love to know just so much more and, and actually um, I'm sure that Steve would love to have a much longer conversation yeah no absolutely you. absolutely um, we'd love to do that um, so maybe we'll just put to one side the oh well why did you go to Grace yeah, and what did yeah, you yeah, learn yeah, along yeah, the way yeah, yeah. Um, that yeah would we can be, do that another that time that would just be so interesting so actually yeah, I, I ought yeah. to have asked you and your name is Bridget Bridget <laughs> it's really lovely to meet you here at Wonderwall so is this your first year at Wonderwall no no um, this is our fourth year with oh, the sand um, and I've visited Wonderwall since the beginning as a a visitor yes so I'm quite familiar with it so yeah so, so yeah. is it far for you so where in the Cotswolds we are, are just above Cheltenham so sort oh, of between too, Cheltenham and Sirencester so it's not too far come up too far no no we do shows all over um, but this is one of the nearer ones so that's good so what are you finding that people are attracted to when they come in colour oh, colours I think it's the colours that draw people in there's a real the well there's a real fashion at the moment in yarn in general so when you're walking around the show yeah. people are doing a lot of the acid dyeing and the hand dyeing but using chemical oh, dyes yes. so the show yes. is full of that sort of thing but I do natural dyes so these are all plant dyes um, and the tones and the quality of the colour with natural dyes is entirely different yes. so I think people are sort of drawn in by the softer colours um, Actually, you can see that where we're, where we're standing yeah, here. And if we've, you... got, we've got there's some beautiful, gentle colours um, going all the way from from pretty rose, delicate roses, delicate duck egg blues, um, right the way through to the sandy colours. Um, and the, the contrast as we're standing here with. At this point in our conversation, we were interrupted by the tannoy. And unfortunately, I didn't quite hit the record button when we returned. However, you'll get to hear more from Bridget and James, her husband, when Steve does a full podcast with them in a few weeks' time. They have so much experience and passion to share, having been in the business since 2007. In the meantime... Here are the highlights of what was missed from the recording. Bridget's passion for colour was also evident in her display. The softness of the skeins of yarn she had woven and then dyed naturally was astonishing, contrasting with the very strident colours elsewhere in the show. It really enhanced the quality of the alpaca fibre and showed it off so beautifully. Take a look at the pictures in the show notes, which gives a hint of just how gorgeous they are. Her attention to colour was also in evidence in the small crocheted animals that were on display on the stand. This was clearly drawing people into her display, which was also beautifully lit using small string lights. This encouraged people to consider purchasing smaller items, not just the expensive wraps, or the high-value skeins of hand-spun yarn. Bridget also displayed lovely hand-woven throws using natural colours. I noticed that she had them placed prominently where people could touch them. 
In her years of making and selling high-quality alpaca products, she's learnt how important it is to let people feel the item. Its softness surprises them every time. Letting people touch and handle delicate products can feel counterintuitive, and we can feel very protective of our precious creations. I know I can. But Bridget's experience is an important lesson. We know how wonderful alpaca fibre is, and we need to let others into the secret. And that only happens when they have first-hand experience too. It's worth it. See the show notes for more information about Cotswold alpacas and my endeavours to capture their Aladdin's cave of a display that constantly drew people in. Next was a visit to Hannah Williams of Penarolt Alpacas. If you've listened to previous episodes, you'll remember that Hannah was one of Steve's first interviewees on the Alpaca Tribe podcast, but this was our first meeting. Have a listen to our conversation. Hi, Hannah. Hello, how are you? <laughs> it's really good to see you. <laughs> we haven't actually met until I popped up at your store here at Wonderwall. Um, but I know that you've had a good chat with Steve and, and I know that lots of people who've heard the Alpaca Tribe podcast just really appreciated your story and really appreciated hearing how you took it from an initial idea to really being very creative about how you use your alpacas. Yeah. So, great, great to catch up again. Lovely. So you're here at Wonderwall. And this isn't the first year you've been, you were saying. That's um, right. So how is it this year? Oh, it's, it's been lovely. I, even though we had torrential rain yesterday, we still had loads of customers coming in, braving all sorts of weathers, yeah. wearing their mats and their boots and really <laughs> dressing carefully um, so that once they were in the sheds here, they were nice and dry and they could spend all day doing what they love. And that's handling fleece, shopping for wool and chatting to the traders that are here. So they've had a fantastic day. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Oh, that's really good. Well, you've got a lovely display here. Thank you. Um, talk me through what, what you've brought to show people. Well, we brought um, a selection of different things this year. So we've got our individual yarns, um, as well as our blends of our three natural colours. Um, and then we kind of break it down into thinking about what, what, what else do customers want. And then we move on to our um, fleece and fibre. So we've got a selection of um, fleece there that our customers can use for felting in a variety of different colours, um, as well as then a selection of raw alpaca fleece that I've washed, picked through, um, and it's there in the brown bags ready for customers to dive their hands in, have a good old squidge, um, and get to feel how soft and delightful it is. And while we've um, been here, we've, I've actually seen people just go and put their hands in and yes. touch it. And, yeah. and that's something that coming to a show like this gives people that opportunity doesn't it because if they're buying online they can't feel it they can't feel just how amazing alpaca fleece is well that's exactly it really and that's why i decided to display it as i have done in the brown paper bags so that customers could put their hands in and have a little feel they know what they're buying they know and they can they they know what they want Um, and it's really important for me that i try and give customers what they want Um, and that's about us having a bit of variety on the stall helping customers i don't know helping them make the purchase that they want. They come with an idea in their minds, I'm going to buy this today, but all too often, you can inspire them to make a purchase as well (laughs) by having something a little bit different. And they go away being excited by alpacas. So so are there many people who come um, to your store here who don't know anything about alpacas? Yeah, lots of people do. 
and I've had lots of customers today come through and they've gone ahead and felt the fees and they said, look, I've spun with wool, with sheep's wool, you know, what's the difference then? Is alpaca more difficult to spin with? How would you suggest? What would you do? You know, and, and that's that conversation bit that you get on a show like today where you can chat with people, they talk to you about what their intentions are um, and you can help support them then. Um, and I'm not, you know, I don't, present, I don't profess to be an expert on anything, um, but I'll give my opinion and I'll help in a way that I can in order to help people get the most from what they're buying. Yeah, and I've just seen you do that with people, <laughs> so as I've been standing watching, which is just yeah. great. I want, I want customers to come back year after year, so it is important to me that people are happy with what they've got and it, and it, and it does for them what they want it to. Yes. So nothing more disappointing than somebody coming in there for a feel now, look. <laughs> Oh, it's not as warm as it is when it's on the animal in real life. You know that, no, don't you, yourself? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> You've been here for a couple of years now. Have you noticed a difference in what people are interested in? Um, I think people like variety in what they're buying. Um, definitely, definitely a slant towards that traceability, knowing where their fibre came from, whether it's a ball of yarn that's individually there, labelled up from each alpaca, or whether it's the fibre, they want to know where it's come from, how it's, how it's been handled or to get where it is today. And I think, you know, for me, I think that's that traceability bit where you, I don't know, you're keeping it as natural as possible, um, but, you are, but you are adding value to what you're producing in, in how you handle it yeah. and how you communicate that to, to the public as well. And interesting too, picking up a conversation that was going on just earlier where people were looking at your piece, the fact that, that certainly where you're selling um, the raw fleece, the fact that it's named yes. and oh, yes. it's, it's a specific animal. So yeah. traceability isn't just to a farm. No. Um, for some people, the traceability right back to an individual animal. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and you know, for me, you know, it's hard work to do that on shearing day. You yeah. know, the shearer oh, yes. wants to get it off, you know, for, you know, but I want it in an individual bag labelled up precisely so that I know where, where it's come from so that I can give that information to my customers yes. um, and, and right the way through the process. So when I was drying that last weekend during our glorious mini heat wave, you know, I had each on my drying tables labelled with which fleece it was so I didn't get cross-contamination. And you think, you know, it, it takes effort to do that and it's lovely to be rewarded by customer feedback when they're happy with what they're touching and what they're getting from us. And, and looking, looking at the little crowds who are gathered around your fleece bags <laughs> just at this moment. Yeah, they like the raw fleece. They, that's obviously yeah. important. Oh, well, Hannah, thank you so much. That's right. Lovely to see you and lovely to meet you at last. At last. <laughs> and hope today's a really good day for you. Thank you. Again, the show notes tells you where you can find out more and see just how inviting Hannah's display looks. Finally, I met Julie and Adam Berry from Applecross Alpacas near Worcester. Their passion for fibre and yarn was lovely, and I suspect you'll learn as much as I did from their experience and insight. Julia and Adam, thank you so much for um, being happy to talk with me. Given that we've never met before. No. (laughs) And I just walked up to you in Wonderwall thinking, oh my goodness, what beautiful things you have here. Thank you. So tell us a bit about yourself and and why you've come to Wonderwall. I guess we started off with alpacas five years ago. 
primarily to keep the grass down because Adam was fed up with topping. But I've always been a crafter, so I felt that I could make use of the fleece as well. Um, so we bought four pregnant females, um, bought two the following year, and now we've got 23 and four more due. The first year we had them, we sent the fleece off to be commercially spun. Um, when I got it back, I wasn't really happy with what I got. My cousin's been a spinner for many, many years. So I said, OK, Maggie, come on, I need to learn how to do this. So then I started spinning it. So I've been spinning my own fleece for the last four years. My goodness, so up across alpacas, not only you have alpacas, but you also hand spin? Yeah, hand spin on a traditional spinning wheel. Yeah, a good, solid Ashford spinning wheel. Yes. yes. I'm about to upgrade, but it's done me well. Well, looking at, looking at the things that you've got here, some beautiful, beautiful lacy scarves. Yep. Um, and some, some lovely natural colours skeins. Yep. Of yeah, all natural colours, all from my own animals. Uh, That's really interesting. Yeah. And on the show notes, if I can, I'll take a photograph so that yeah. people can actually see the kinds of things that you yeah. do. Because it's, it's, it is inspiring. It, it gives you confidence that you can... Some of them are, are very simple. You know, that, that's just a chain stitch that's slip-stitched together okay. to make a mesh scarf. Yes. Yeah. Very simple. Yes. And these amazing pom-poms yep. that are... They're crocheted, yeah, and just because you put more than one stitch into the previous stitch, it bubbles around, so you end up forming a ball. So what you have here is things that are really, they're unique because they're alpaca, they're unique because you know that they are your alpacas, yeah. um, and they're also unique in terms of the designs that you've got, because I, I haven't seen anything quite like this that, anywhere else. That and, and some of my scarves and shawls are, are my own combination of stitches and designs that I've put together. Oh, interesting. So really, if, if people are starting, actually it's only their, their interest and their ambition that, that limits how far they can go. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Whoa. So what about coming here to, to Wonderwall? Again, this it's my not... cousin's fault. <laughs> I blame her for lots of things. She said, come along with me, come along and see how, how it goes. And the first year, I didn't have very much. So it's just a few pieces of yarn and whatever. Um, and gradually over the years, I've kind of listened to people who've had poor experiences with alpaca uh, and decided that they really needed to experience using good alpaca so I prepare carded bats and creer blocks of fleece so it's all clean and prepared and ready to spin and gradually more and more people are buying those and really enjoying them I, I get people come back now saying that they loved what they had the previous year and, and now want to buy some more from me but it introduces people into using really good quality um, alpaca without any of the hassle of getting rid of the vegetable matter and getting it clean um, but once they're hooked then they can buy whole fleeces from breeders but a lot of people are frightened of using it It's different and they hate the vegetable matter because of the sheep fleeces stick together. They don't get the vegetable matter in them the same as alpacas do. And people think they've got to sit there and pick each little piece out. Whereas if you use a dog brush and flick it out, it's, it's fairly straightforward. Yeah. 
to get rid of it. And, you know, you can see from my yarns that there's no vegetable matter in my yarns. <laughs> what I'm looking at in terms of the yarns is incredibly fine. But as I say to people, that's really down to the fibre because it's fine and silky it will automatically spin into a fine yarn and I personally I think that makes um, the most of the fleece. It does, it does, it does and you, you, you mentioned just now about people having had poor experience yeah. of alpaca yeah. fibre and that having put them off. So yes. I think people are, are sold seconds and thirds or blankets from al- older alpacas with coarser fleeces and they try and work with it and they find it difficult and they uh, and unrewarding really they don't like what they get out of it and those same people if i give them Whoa. some nice alpaca they Whoa. say well that's different that's not like what i had and, and and here we are we're looking at some incredibly fine fiber um, that's opening up beautifully and also is quite, is quite long as yeah. well. It's a Korea fleece um, measured in at 18 micron. Um, but he, yeah, that's how it came off the alpaca. So. Oh, you have beautiful fibre. Again, I'm going to take a photograph of this for the show notes because the, the length of the staple and the crimping on the staple is astonishing. Lovely. Haven't got many like that at the moment, but I make use of those that come every year. <laughs> My new career, I'm looking at the fleece. Yes, yes. <laughs> How good's it going to be? <laughs> but I, I think your point, you're picking up something really important here, which is the uh, actually not only knowing your animals and knowing your fibre, but also being quite realistic about what you can use mm. different parts of, 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 the, of the fleece for. Yeah, I, I had a baby last year, um, nice animal. From the mother, good stud, you know, champion winning stud. We call her bog brush, don't we? <laughs> She's got so many guard hairs, it's like this dark haze all over her. <laughs> I think, no, what am I going to do with that? So that might be a rug. <laughs> so it might be a rug. What else might it be? I don't know. I'll have a look at it when it comes off, whether I can take out the guard hairs and use what's left or not, but it'll be a job for me because I'll love it and produce whatever's the best I can from that particular fleece. No, so again, that's a, that's a making a judgment about the animals you have, a realistic judgment that yeah. actually means you make a choice about whether you breed from them. Yeah. And we also like to look at them two and three years on and yes. see whether they're maintaining their fineness or whether they've blown out. And again, I won't use animals, but certainly the males that blow out. Yes. And then lovely years for years, and the next year, they're already gone. Yes. Whereas other ones, you've got it to the five, six, they're still yes. a reasonable. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I get that. We've got one lovely female that um, we have at, at, at nine, and she is still producing lovely. That's the ones you want. And, and, and her career are always lovely. Yeah. And those are the ones you want, even if they're producing at you know, 20 rather than 15. Yeah. There's no point having that at 15, it's going to be 30 by year two. You want something that's at 20 and still at 20 by yes. year nine. Yes, indeed. indeed. Mm-hmm. So it's been a huge learning curve. <laughs> yeah. And we're still moving on and learning yeah. and developing what we do. Yeah. So. 
And you were talking earlier about being part of um, part of a regional group. That's right. We're part of the West Shires Alpaca Group, um, which are a lovely, friendly group, and we're gradually increasing what we've done. We've done a whole series on all about the fibre. So we started at shearing, talked about getting your shearer, what, how to have your animals before shearing, the whole process of shearing, and then what to do with your fleece um, once, once you've shorn, how, how to look after it and decide what you're going to do with it. And then the last one, we've gone through all the different things, the ways you can sell it, so whether you sell it wholesale, whether you do something with it and add value and how you sell that. Sounds, it sounds like... Steve needs to have a conversation with you. (laughs) Wasn't that great? There's more information in the show notes and Steve will be following up a conversation with Adam and Julie before the West Shires Alpaca Group Craft Show, which is going to be at the Royal Three Counties Show in Malvern in mid-June. There were a number of other alpaca displays in Wonderwall and over the coming months we'll be doing individual episodes with several of them as I know they have some great stories to tell which are both encouraging and inspiring for people who really want to make the most of their fibre. Driving back across the wonderful, rolling Welsh countryside, I just smiled. Lovely people with beautiful products sharing their passion for all things alpaca. What an inspiring day out. Sue and I really hope that you enjoyed this episode and we can look forward to hearing from some of the people she interviewed in future episodes. Thanks for being here. See you again soon. In the meantime, if you have any questions or comments, please drop us a line at steve at alpacatribe.com. Thanks for listening.